0: chapter six of grace harlowe's senior year at high school by Jessie gray and flower this librivox recording is in the public domain chapter six the thanksgiving bazaar the bazaar was at its height no one could have guessed that staid old assembly hall could lend itself to such levity at one end a band of gypsies had pitched their Tents in true Romany fashion. There were dark-eyed gypsy maids in gaudy clothing who gaily jingled their tambourines and wheeled good-natured sightseers into their main tent with extravagant stories of the wonderful Romany dancing girls whose unequaled dancing might be seen for the small sum of ten cents. While aged gypsies crouched here and there, croaking mysteriously of their power to reveal the future and promising the health wealth and happiness to those who crossed their outstretched palms with silver in front of one of the tents several gypsy boys sat grouped in picturesque attitudes industriously twanging guitars and mandolins the whole encampment was lighted by flaring torches on the end of long poles and was the final touch needed to give the true gypsy effect the rest of the space in the hall had been given up to booths there was of course a japanese booth while across from it several mexican seniors and senoritas were doing an enterprising novelty and postcard business under the red white and green flag of mexico there was a cunning little English tea shop where one could refresh oneself with tea cakes and jam not to mention a booth devoted to good old Ireland presided over by nora o'malley who dressed as an Irish colleen sang the wearing of the green and the harp that once through tara's hall with true Irish fervor while she disposed of boxes of home made candy tied with green ribbon that people bought for the pleasure of hearing her sing Next to the gypsy encampment, however, the feature of the evening was a booth entrusted to Eleanor Savelli. It was a veritable corner in Italy, and it may be said to Eleanor's credit that she had worked untiringly to carry out her idea. She had furnished the peasant costumes for herself and three of her friends, and knew exactly how they were to be worn, and had spared no expense in the matter of fruit and flowers which were to be sold at a good profit. There were little bags of homemade confetti that were sure to be popular, and various other attractive features truly italian that eleanor had spent much time and trouble in procuring and arranging there had been a heated altercation however between eleanor and edna wright on the day after eleanor had astonished Grace and her friends by her fiery outburst edna having admitted that she had been responsible for the changes that had aroused eleanor's ire a quarrel had ensued in which edna having been worsted, had retired from the field in tears refusing to have anything further to do with eleanor or her booth at this juncture miss tebbs had appeared on the scene and peace was restored and although edna was still tactican and sulky and displayed little interest in what went around her from the moment the doors were opened the citizens of oakdale looked inside feeling particularly good-natured after their thanksgiving dinners and prepared to spend their money it's perfectly wonderful what these children have managed to do on nothing whatever miss thompson was saying as she and mrs nesbit in the guise of sightseers were strolling down the middle of the hall it looks to me like a scene from an opera replied mrs Nesbitt yes we are all very prosperous and clean comic opera gypsies mrs nesbit said hippy wingate who had come up just in time to hear mrs nesbit's remark why hippy wingate i never should have recognized you you look like the big smuggler in carmen i've forgotten his name i am a smuggler mrs nesbit put in hippy mysteriously but don't give me away it's not lace goods I've brought over the border nor bales of silk and such things isn't that what gypsies are supposed usually to smuggle i believe it is answered mrs nesbit at least they always appear in plays and pictures seated at the foot of a high rocky cliff in some lonely spot with bales and casks and strange-looking bundles about no one would be heartless enough to ask what was inside the bundles but i have always had a strong suspicion that it was excelsior what have you been smuggling hippy asked miss thompson i wonder you managed to get it past that line of watchful gypsy girls i won't give it away replied hippy it's a surprise you'll see and i wager it will be the talk of the place before the evening is over is it an animal vegetable or mineral hippy demanded mrs nesbit animal replied hippy very much animal now what in the world the two women exclaimed their curiosity piqued hippy i wish you would come on and get to work called grace over her shoulder as she hurried past and hippy darted after her remembering that he had not done a thing that evening to assist the girls how fine grace harlowe does look mrs nesbit remarked miss thompson and how i shall miss her when she leaves the high school the time goes too quickly to suit me when all these nice girls leave us for college miss thompson still cherished a deep regard for grace although since the circumstance of grace's refusal to betray eleanor narrated in grace harlowe's junior year at high school the two had never returned to quite the same footing as formerly grace was indeed the picture of a beautiful gypsy girl who in romance turns out not to be a gypsy at all but a princess stolen in her youth she wore a skirt of red trimmed in black and yellow a full white blouse and a little black velvet bolero. around her waist she had tied a gaily colored sash while on her head was a gypsy headdress bordered with gold fringe hippy commanded grace will you please take the gong and announce that the auction is about to begin certainly certainly answered hippy anything to oblige the ladies he mounted a chair and beat on a japanese gong this way ladies and gentlemen come right this way the mystery auction will now commence it is a sale of surprises you never know what you are going to draw but it's sure to be something nice everybody step this way please these interesting and mysterious packages are to be sold each to the highest bidder but no man knoweth what he draweth "'It is a way of life, ladies, but that's where the fun comes in "'and it's sportsmanlike to take your chances, gentlemen.' By this time Hippy had drawn a crowd of curious people about the booth devoted to that purpose, in which were piled dozens of packages of various shapes and sizes, all done up in white tissue paper and tied with red ribbons. Hippy picked up the first bundle. "'Is there anyone here who will make a bid on this interesting package?' he cried. "'It may contain treasure. Who knows? It may contain fruits from the tropics or the spices of Araby or—' "'I'll bid ten cents,' called a voice.' ten cents exclaimed hippy in mock horror i ask you dear friend can our gymnasium be builded upon ten cents is there no one here who is thinking of our late lamented gymnasium have we already forgotten that dear departed hall of youthful pleasures cut down in the flower of its youth so tragically hippy's voice rang out like an old-time orator's and some one bid twenty-five cents but the bidding ended there and farmer benson got the package which on being opened was found to contain a beautiful little lacquer box this was a lucky beginning if the packages all held such treasures they were well worth bidding on then the fun grew fast and furious. Everybody began bidding, and a pound of sugar actually went for five dollars to old Mr. MacDonald, who had obstinately refused to give up to his opponent, Mr. Barber, in the bidding contest. Mr. Harlowe paid heavily for a cookbook, while David Nesbit, for fifty cents, drew a splendid big fruit cake. It is so fortunate that fruit cake fell into the hands of one of my friends," remarked Hippy, as David was about to walk off his prize under his arm. "I adore fruit cake." that's no sign that you will ever get a chance at this one replied david calmly i shall i know i shall retorted hippy you wouldn't betray my young confidence and dispel my fond hopes by eating it all yourself you deserve an awful case of indigestion if you do children children stop squabbling laughed anne who looked like a very demure little gypsy had slipped up unnoticed don't worry hippy i'll see that you are remembered when the famous cake is cut i feel relieved said hippy giving her one of his cheshire cat grins i propose that you leave your treasure with this gypsy maid david for the time is flying and we have a great and glorious surprise to spring see you later anne said david looking at his watch then taking hippy by the arm the two young men hurried out of the hall leaving anne to wonder what the surprise might be Turning slowly, she was making her way toward the gypsy camp, when a voice called out, "'Oh, Anne, wait a minute!' and Marion Barber fluttered up, accompanied by a tall, dark young man. "'Miss Pearson, allow me to present Mr. Hammond,' she said. The young man bowed rather too elaborately, Anne thought, and a wave of dislike swept over her as she rather coldly acknowledged the introduction. "'Mr. Hammond has just come to Oakdale,' Marion said eagerly. "'He knows very few people as yet.' Ah, yes, said Mr. Hammond, with a smile that was intended to be fascinating. I am indeed a stranger. Miss Barber has kindly volunteered to introduce me to some of her charming friends, therefore I trust that in time they will be mine also. Anne murmured some polite reply, and excusing herself, walked away. Horrid oh, thing, she thought. How cruel he looks when he smiles. I wonder where Marian met him. She seems to be delighted with him. "'Where have you been, Anne?' asked Grace, as Anne entered the tent where she and Miriam sat resting preparatory to begin their dance, when enough people should gather outside to form a paying audience. "'Talking to Marian Barber and a young man who was trailing about with her. "'Did she introduce the man to you?' exclaimed Grace. "'Yes,' replied Anne. "'Did you meet him?' "'I did,' was the answer. "'Isn't he horrid?' "'That is precisely what I said,' replied Anne. "'There's something about his suave, silky manner that gives me the creeps.' "'I hope Marion isn't seriously impressed with him,' said Grace, "'for there is something positively sinister about him.' Just then Hippy's voice was heard again above the crowd, and the three girls hurried to the opening in the tent. End of chapter 6